Titus chapter number 2. Amen. Verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Man has an opportunity to be saved. They go to hell. It's because they didn't avail themselves to the opportunity that's prescribed and presented to them out there. They chose to spurn it, put it off, delay it, procrastinate. Procrastination is the recruiting officer of hell. If we just get you to delay it, and there's preachers that'll push it out there. Uh, they're so hard on conviction and that if you're not writhing in anguish the way it pleases them, you didn't get it. And so they'll 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 pull the net up before the they'll pull the lure out of the water before the fish can bite it. Amen. But I'm telling you, God's gracious and merciful, and and uh, somebody really wants the grace of God, He'll have somebody present it to Him. Amen. Amen. Verse 12, teaching us. This is the grace of God. It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It doesn't sound like you can uh, be a sodomite in that passage, does it? Doesn't sound like you can be a Young couple living in fornication, does it? It doesn't sound like people in the church can live in adultery there, does it? Amen? There's the worldly lust. What do you lust after this world for? Listen, our flesh craves things. Worldly lust. Amen? You know what's wrong with the world? The church? There's too much world in it. Preach on it. I got, I got a revival... And lost the church over preaching on what worldliness is. Read eighteen twenty eight dictionary, Noah Webster's dictionary definition about worldly. <laughs> you probably wouldn't pastor a church either after you get done reading that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Probably wouldn't if you really get the definition of submission, do. And modesty. Oh, so modesty. What is modesty? According to the average individual. It's as long as only 3% of your body is covered with some kind of material. <laughs> right? That's what Americans believe. Just as long as over 90% of it's co not covered, they're all right. There's more, clo there's more clothes in, the average, uh, in a, the average tube of dental floss than there is in the average bikini. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Amen. There's more on the top of your little vitamin bottle, that little cotton thing. Hello? I'm just trying to tell you something. People think that modesty is totally opposite what the dictionary says. I didn't say what the Bible said. Look up 1828 Noah Dictionary and see what modesty says. There'll be a lot of people. Uh, they'll be throwing their dictionaries out. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you the grace of God teaches you something. What's the grace of God teach you? The average church out there, the average church indulges in ungodliness and worldly lust. They don't want to live soberly. They all want to get high. They all want to party. They all want to buzz. They all want to tingle. Hello. They want duck bumps on top of their goosebumps. They're all looking for a thrill. They ought to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Right now. Not Bible times. You with me? 
Everybody says, well, that's the way they used to live. God said to live righteously and godly this time, today. Who's teaching you that, preacher? The grace of God. You know what they're teaching the grace of God is today? You can do whatever makes you feel good, whatever you want to do. That ain't the grace of God. Right? According to the book of Jude, they're turning the grace of God into what? Lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. There's perversion. God's grace is extended to the chiefest of sinners, but when a sinner receives the grace of God, the grace of God tells them, Hey! You can't live like that anymore. But today's religion and churches saying embrace it. Listen, you can't embrace sin. Galatians 1. Galatians 1. I just love the Bible. He said, who gave himself, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins that we, he might deliver us from what? This present evil world. This present world, right today. 2016. People don't think the Bible's up to date. It's up to date. The way we live is not up to date. The way they want to live is not up to date. We're talking about the grace of God that brings us salvation. is going to teach us something. Amen. It's going to teach us how to live. Denying. You know what? You know what's going on today in America? That word right there. You know what that means? No. You know what we're taught? Give your kid everything they want. To be a good parent today is you give them everything. Everything. They cry after it, give it to them. That's the way you pacify them. We have trained generations of kids to grow up. They demand it. They want it. And if you won't give it to you, pow, blow your brains out and take it. Beat you up and thump you. Got kids running now and gangs of hundreds running into Walmarts and stuff, just going in and just vandalizing and taking everything they want, running out of the streets and saying, I dare you to say something about it. Hello? Yeah, we know a little kid that went to a Baptist church one night at a camp meeting, made a profession of faith, didn't grow much in grace, thought he'd help try to steal somebody's tennis shoes, got shot and killed. You think that $200 pair of tennis shoes is worth six foot under? No. I wonder if mama might have told him no a whole lot of times in his 16 years. I wonder if he could have took no for an answer. Instead, he got a bullet. So what are you preaching, preacher? Denying. Denying ungodliness and worldly lust. What kind of preacher am I supposed to be if I'm a God-called preacher? I'm going to deny ungodliness. And the government's saying, you must have it. Oh, I'm denying it. Boy, oh boy, what good preaching, huh? Let's run the aisles on that one. Gabriel, you want to strum me a song when I play, when I preach? Maybe people get happy and run the aisles. Denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteous and godly in this present world. Boy, that's a good verse that needs to be preached over and over and over and over and over. So what are you trying to say, preacher? I want to preach on the grace of God tonight. You don't sound like you got any grace. I'm just trying to tell you, the grace of God will teach you something. I want to teach you something tonight about grace. Grace is not anything goes. Grace is not have it your way. 
Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Technically, it says this, appropriately, free unmerited love and favor of God. The spring and source of all benefits men receive from Him. If by grace, then there's no more works. Romans 11. Favorable influence of God, divine influence or the influence of the Spirit, renewing the heart and restraining from sin. See there, it's got something to do with protecting you from sin. Amen. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. The application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. Isn't that a blessing? I'm reading a dictionary. <laughs> a dictionary. The application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. That's imputing God's righteousness to you. What is that? That's when you get the grace of God. Salvation. A state of reconciliation to God. Virtues. Religious affection. Disposition. Amen. Spiritual instruction, improvement, edification. Favorable, kind, friendly. Amen. As an envoy is met with gracious redemption. Favorable, kind, benevolent, merciful, disposed to forgive offenses and impart unmerited blessings. Something you don't deserve. He says in Nehemiah, Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful. It's favorable, expressing kindness and favor. Acceptable, favored. Listen, God, God is gracious to a sinner, but God doesn't want a sinner to stay in the mud. Man, mom and daddies are kind to a baby and they put a diaper on them, but when they fill that diaper with excrement, it's not a playground. And kids may like to take their diaper off and go, <laughs> and play with it. But it's dirty, it's nasty, it's filthy. Oh, Mom, you're ruining all this fun. Oh, I'm trying to protect the kid from filth. You understand? People don't understand that's what the grace of God is all about. Let's go to Galatians. We're dealing with some heretics on the YouTube, and we're dealing with uh, people that pervert the Bible to give it to say anything that they want it to say, and they're corrupting the grace of God. But I'd like to say something about God's grace today. In verse 16, we'll read this again. We have over the past few weeks. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Do you got that? Hello? Paul differs in James. Paul is written to churches. James is written to 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. You understand? The book of Galatians was to show you a man that works has no part in your salvation. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be what? Again, again, justified. Amen. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ a minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. When one of these uh, scoundrels turn around and they say they've believed, they've admitted, they've confessed, they've repented, they've been, and then they add baptism and then they add keeping to the commandments, they're, they're, they're become a transgressor by rebuilding the things they tore down. 
The law cannot save you and then to turn around and say you kept the gospel of Christ and then you add to the gospel of Christ. Then you want to top it off with a bunch of commandments and laws of God. You are now transgressing the law. You make yourself transgressor. Amen. For if I build again the things that I destroy to make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God, not the law. For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Watch it. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is what? Dead in vain. Amen. You know what you can do with the grace of God? You can frustrate grace. We got grace is being frustrated today. Amen. I get no response. Nobody works with me. I haven't taught you guys how to respond and correspond with me yet. No, preacher, I haven't done it. I haven't done that yet. Amen. I'm trying to have a working conversation. When I say some things, ask some things, people say some things back. If you don't want to, that's fine. I can streamline it. Amen. I can rev it up to 60 mile an hour and not get anything. Amen. Cross your eyeballs. Look at me real funny, lady. Amen. I do frustrate what? The grace of God. Listen, anybody that wants to go to Acts 2 and try to get into heaven by water baptism and things like that, and then they want to add the Ten Commandments like the Sabbath day and other things to their salvation, they're frustrating the grace of God because if righteousness comes by the law, then what? Jesus Christ died in vain. Why did he die? If you, if you can live it and you can earn it, then why did he die? If you could keep the commandments, then what did he show up for? Why did God allow his son to be beaten beyond recognition? Huh? Just for kicks? Just for fun? No! He, he offered him to pay the payment for all mankind. He gave him an opportunity to get a free gift, a free pardon of sin. Jesus Christ is the only one that can keep the law. He's the only one that's perfect, complete, and whole, and sinless. Right. The requirement to get into heaven is a perfect life, a sinless life. That's the God's requirement to get in. And now God's grace and goodness and compassion toward man has appeared to turn around and offer you that sinless life that you can get in. The payment's been paid. Will you receive this gift? And if you say, no, I don't want that. I'm going to go be circumcised and I'm going to go keep the law and I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments and I'm going to love God with all my heart and you bypass that free gift, you frustrate the grace of God. Amen? Because then that means Christ died in vain. You're saying that it didn't mean nothing. And you just, despite to the grace of God, you spit on God, you spit on grace. If you offer to offer one iota, iota, right? You can't do it. You won't get in. And these knuckleheads think that they're going to get in by adding something to it. We can't help. Listen, I'm already imperfect. Right? I'm already a sinner. Aren't you? 
I ought to get a hearty amen on that one. I should have got a roar out of each one of you. Amen, preacher, I am guilty. Amen, I'm wicked. Hello? What did that blow your fur back for, lady? Huh? You're sitting there making all these funny faces at me. Right? You always do that? Huh? Amen. I'll get you next on YouTube. Amen. Hello? Frustrate. To cause to have what? No effect. There'll be no effect. How do you know? Let's look in Galatians 5. Amen. Galatians 5. Stand fast. Verse 1. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's talking about trying to put yourself back under the law. Behold, I say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall what? Profit you nothing. You can add anything you want there about being circumcised. Being circumcised there is something they did before the law and under the law. You understand? But you can put any stinking work you want to put in there, fill in the blank. You try to do one thing, you are what? You won't profit in it. Right? Look what it says. Christ shall profit you what? Nothing. It's useless. Worthless. Verse 3, For I testify again, I repeat myself, Paul saying, I testify again to every man that is circumcised, he's a debtor to do what? You better do the whole law. You're guilty. And I ain't met the rascal that can do it yet. And neither of you, and you never will. Amen. I know a bunch of people think Obama don't stink, but I'm telling you, he's a flunky. <laughs> Hello? And so is every Hollywood actor you've ever watched on the sports screen, and so is Nick Saban down there in Alabama or any other successful football coach. They're all flawed. Amen. Every presidential candidate's flawed. Amen. They're not perfect, and they're a debtor to do the whole law. Can't do it. Can't keep it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Sally Field, my flying nun. I could care less. Amen. You can't do it. Can't keep it. Right. You only met the first person that can. They're debtor. They're in debt to do the whole law. Right. Look at what it says. Christ has become what? No effect. It's worthless. Amen. There's people filling pews today, throwing big monies, building big steeples. Amen. Having fine entertainment, great fellowships. Amen. Flooding parking lots and stadiums out. All trying to get some preacher to grant them access into heaven. They'll pay good money. They're all going to die for naught and go to hell. They're right. trying to silence men. They'll tell you, go to hell. One time. One attempt. It's over. Amen. Well, I didn't get no amens. All right. For those of you on YouTube, my congregation, I rocked them to sleep. All right, verse 4. Christ has become no effect unto you, whosoever you are justified. How? How? By the law. People seeking to be justified by the law, that means trying to keep any one of the 613 different commands in the Old Testament. You know what that means? You flunked. You're fallen from grace. What's that mean? If you attempt to try to get there under your own merits, you are not only frustrating grace, but you're falling from grace. Falling from grace. Now, the average person 
believes that means to lose your salvation. You know what that means? In the Bible, not according to what some free will Baptist preacher will say or some Pentecostal preacher or some Church of God preacher will say, to them, falling from grace is that you had salvation and then you blew it, you, you offended in one point and then you lost it. That's not talking about losing salvation. Falling from grace is saying you never had it. You came up to grace, it was offered to you, and you chose instead of accepting the free gift of eternal life, you said, I'm going to work my own way there and tried to add something to the offering of Jesus Christ, that means you've fallen from grace. He's no effect onto you. You understand? Yep. Am I losing you? I want you to understand what it's saying. That's what these birds are trying to tell you. They're trying to tell you that uh, you can lose your salvation. It's a lie. This guy named John Riddle we were dealing with, he said, if I die with one unconfessed sin... I've committed the sin on the death and I'll spend my eternity in hell. You know what that guy's trying to say? That I've got to live a sinless life. No, he didn't say that. He said, if I commit a sin, I have to make sure that I confess that sin and if I die with unconfessed sin, I'll go to hell. Book, chapter, verse. Christ paid for every sin I've ever committed with a sinless life. And God said, how would you like to have a sinless life? I said, that'd be great, but I can't do it. He said, I got one here if you'll take it. And I took it, and now God put on my account the life and righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I, when God sees me, he sees a sinless man. Right. Because I have been made the righteous of God. I took the sinless offering of Jesus Christ. Now I'm declared, amen, sinless in God's eyes. And when God sees me, he don't see no sin. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. Romans 4, 8. I will never be charged with my sin because Jesus Christ paid for it at Calvary and I received that free pardon of grace. God gave me the atonement and I am now, right now, justified in God's eyes. I received that grace of God. I'm going to live forever. I did not come up to grace and choose to do something else to earn or merit my own favor with God. I didn't say, well, that's just too easy and I've got to add something to it. Just try to beef it up a little bit. People somehow think they've got to add to what Jesus did that it's insufficient. I'm telling you, that is enough to damn your soul to hell to think that Jesus' payment is insufficient. If you think it's insufficient, you'll fall from grace. And you're frustrating grace saying what Jesus did is not good. You're saying it's insufficient. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. Listen, I saw him all sufficient <laughs> as my Savior. And I saw that I was insufficient. And I was heading to a brimstone party. Amen? And I was going to be bound hand and foot and tossed into molten lava, hellfire for eternity. You know what? I ain't got no use to burning. Amen? Hello? I was talking to a fellow today about coming up, taking the mark of the beast in Revelation over there 13. And it talks about them that took the mark of the beast in Revelation 11. 
Amen. That they were, uh, their smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And I said, just think, if you were offered that, the lake of fire and burning forever and ever and ever, or denying the Lord Jesus Christ and getting your head cut off, which one would you take? You take the mark of the beast, you're going to burn forever. You're saving your flesh, but you're going to burn and ever for soul, with your soul. Or you're going to deny your flesh and live forever with your soul. I'd, I'd take a head chopping off of the guillotine any day over burning. <laughs> Hello? Amen. If I sit in my truck and they set it on fire and I burn up in a few minutes, that's a whole lot better than burning for eternity. Hello? A martyr who's willing to die at a stake and be burned at a stake and say, hey, three to five, ten minutes burning at a stake is a whole lot better than burning in hell forever. Sign me up. Hello? Amen. Listen, frustrated grace, falling from grace. Hebrews chapter number 12. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, whereby what? Many be defiled. You know what? There's a whole lot of people that are failing grace. Amen? Amen. You say, preacher, what's it mean to fail grace? It's not allowing grace, amen, to work in your life. Amen. It's somebody that got saved. Somebody trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're trying to solve all their problems and all their troubles by themselves without utilizing the power and the grace of God in their life. Right. Utilizing it. God's giving it to you. Now you got to utilize it. And some problem comes up in their life after they've been saved and, and somehow God disappointed them and didn't work some magic trick for them or maybe one of their children died or their wife died or their husband died or, or the car broke down and all of a sudden the preacher says something and uh, they didn't like it and it kind of dents their spiritual little fender and they go off to the house sucking their thumb. You know what they did? They didn't allow the grace of God to work in their life so they failed the grace of God. The grace of God is now complete in our life and it's there for help us to get over our own selves. Right? right. Amen? Yeah. To get over uh, the wrongs and the faults of others that wrong us and hurt us. Amen? He said, forgive them if you want what? Forgiven. Right? Be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, is forgiving you. You know what we got to do? We got to learn how to forgive one another. People are going to wrong you. You're living in a, a wicked world with sinners in it. Amen. And you go to churches with converted sinners in it. We're not sinless. We're here. We need work. We need help. Amen. We need to learn how to talk to one another. Husbands and wives need to learn how to talk to one another and live with one another. Christians need to learn how to work with one another. Amen. Listen, we're flogged by the fall. We got a sinful nature. We got to learn how to crucify that thing. Not every brother that walks through that door is crucified. Not every time the preacher gets up the pulpit is he crucified. Sometimes he can get in the flesh and say something he shouldn't. Hello. There ought to be grace. And if we don't allow grace to, to, to heal that wound, amen, we'll fail grace because we're not utilizing it. And guess what will happen? We'll get bitter. 
and will fail God's grace. We should be able to get along with anybody. Right? Right. Well, we're just not compatible. Said who? That's somebody that's stubborn. That's somebody that's selfish, saying we can't get along. We could get along. Hello? Right? <laughs> right? You know what them old-timers used to say? He said, I just got to get to know them better. Problem is, I just really don't know them. Amen? You know what the problem is? We got so many opinions, we think we're right, everybody else is wrong, and we can't handle a diversity of opinion. Right. Amen? And so, therefore, we get offended if somebody does something better than us, knows more than us, can run faster than us, cook better than us, eat more than us, sleep more than us. Amen! It's all out there about who's the best. Everything's competition in the world. And you know what? Competition's coming to the church house. And it's a place where we shouldn't have competition. Everybody's got to compete. Brother Lovell had two women that would compete to see who was a better singer in the church and kill the church. Trying to outdo each other. Glorify God. Some people work and practice so much, they're more practicing about how they look and then what they are. You understand? Sing for the glory of God. Sing to Jesus. Don't sing to the pews out there. Hello? Amen. Listen, fail in the grace of God. You do what you can for God. But it's not you doing the best for God. It's you dying to yourself and allowing God's best to come through you. How's that? Ooh, haven't heard that one before. Everybody said, do your best for God. No, God don't want you to build a flesh. He's trying to break you down to where you don't depend on the flesh. Man, use your talent. God don't want your talent. God wants you to allow him to flow through you. It's his love. It's his joy. It's his peace. It's his grace. Amen. It's his. Listen, God don't want to empower your flesh. Hello? That's where crucified comes in. You know what we got? We got a bunch of people out there that's pumping up the flesh, and we got a bunch of hyper soul winners out there that learn all kinds of marketing techniques to try to win the gospel, and they're using all these fleshly methods, and it's killing the work of God. Failing grace. Where's allowing God to do something? Can God do something in your life? Or is it all what you got programmed? Amen. Listen, it's us saying, God, I can't do it. God, if anything's going to get done, it's you. I cannot do it. And I allow you, I grant you permission to work in my life and work and love and touch and do. I can't do it, God. You're right, you can't. People think that they're really nice and pleasant, loving people. And they're loving in the flesh, not loving in the Spirit of God. And when they get rejected... And they get turned down. They get offended. Oh, 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 oh. They, they said something bad about me. Oh, 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 oh. What'd you get your fender dented for if you was crucified and you was loving him with God's love and God's power? It wouldn't offend you. A dead man can't get offended. Amen. 
And we got all kinds of people that found ways they can try to serve God in the flesh instead of dying in themselves and say, God, I'll go witness. If they accept me, they accept me. If they don't, they don't. I'm going to preach. I'm going to witness. I'm going to tell. I'm going to love. I'm going to be a blessing. It doesn't matter if they like me. It doesn't matter how I look and what I do. God, what matters is I'm reaching out and I want your hand to reach out. When I take them by the hand, I want them to feel your hand. God, I just want to be an extension of you. I just want you to work through me. I'm yielding my members to you as instruments of righteousness. I'm dead to myself. I'm dead to sin but alive unto you. I'm giving you my instruments as those as alive from the dead. God, work through me! I like what Brother Sandlin said. He said, to be disappointed in self is to have believed in self. And most Christianity is designed to build confidence in the flesh and empowering, enabling the flesh and God wants you dead. Simple. Yes, he give you life and he give you life more abundant, but he can't use you in the flesh. So we fail the grace of God. Why? We don't utilize his gift of grace. We use our human laws of kindness as a substitute. It's a poor substitute. And then we go, everybody ought to be nice. Listen, God ain't interested in nice. Amen? Jimmy Hood said he's sick of nice. Amen? God didn't tell us anywhere in the Bible to be nice. He said you'd be kind. One to another, tender-hearted. I'm not against being kind. But charity suffers long. The very proof we don't have charity because we can't take something very long. Amen. I better get off of that. I'm putting you all to sleep. Noah, Genesis chapter 6. For those of you at YouTube, I'll give you a little education tonight. Noah, or Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter number 6. You can find grace. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> you can find grace. Look what Noah did. Verse 5, Genesis 6, 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Sounds like 2016, doesn't it? Huh? Yeah, man, that's every newscast and broadcast and newspaper and radio station and rock and roll records and country records. And it repenteth the Lord that he made man on earth and it grieved him at his heart. Wasn't a beautiful thing. Don't you think? God's sick of you. Oh, man. It repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I created from, from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creepy things and the fowl of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't that great? Noah found favor in God's eyes. But that's not the salvation of the grace of God that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me 1980. Amen? He said, how do you know? Grace is grace. It's because why Noah found grace in the guise of God? Mine and his circumstances weren't the same. 7-1. 
The Lord said, I don't know. Come thou on all thy house in the ark, for thee I've seen what? Righteous before me in this generation. God looked down and said, there's one guy doing right. That ain't why I got grace. I wasn't doing right. Wasn't living right. Wasn't talking right. Wasn't doing right. I was just not right. You think you're going to find grace in God's eyes for being right? Ain't going to happen. So how do you know? Verse 9. Chapter 6, verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and what? Perfect in his generations and Noah walked with God. The seed of Noah's line was perfect and complete down from Adam without sexual perversion in it. That's why he found grace. The rest of the world was polluted and perverted. Hello, adulterous fornicators. Amen, lascivious. They're wicked. God said, I'm fed up. I'm sick of it. I'm going to wipe them out. But you know, you've been doing right. I've been noticing how your grandpa and everybody's been living and all the way on down, your line's not polluted, Noah. You're perfect. You're complete. You're whole in your generations. See, that's why I found grace. That ain't why I found grace. This is why you found grace. <laughs> and Noah what? Noah was walking with grace. Or not walking with God, wasn't he? Noah already had a relationship with God. He's already talking with God and he's already walking with him. And God said, hey, you know what? You found some grace in my eyes, bud. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wipe out the whole wicked world. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you build yourself an ark. And I'm going to allow you to do something to get in that ark. If you want to save your hide, boy, you better get to building. I'll give you the blueprint. You follow the blueprint. You pitch it within, you pitch it without, you do what I tell you to do, and you bring these animals that I tell you into the ark, and them little creepy things, and those little flying things, and you all get inside there, and you provide enough food for you all to live for a while. You take your whole family into that ark, and you come into where I'm at. When you come in there, I'll preserve you and protect you. See, God knows already walking with God. When I got saved, I wasn't walking with God. When I got saved, I wasn't righteous before God. When I was saved, my, my generations weren't perfect. Right. Amen. It's a little bit different. People better reconcile the Word of God and notice there's a difference. Amen, amen, amen. amen. And Noah begat three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Or Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was also corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Kind of looks like your average video game today, huh? Your average cartoon, your average television show, right? Your average newspaper, your average newscast, right? And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Man. You see that? Do you understand what's going on? Noah found grace. You know what? You can find grace. You can find the grace of God. Amen? Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Man, I got to quit already. Man, I hate it. I hate just having to just get started and stop. Amen. You have to exercise faith in this grace. <laughs> Ephesians 2. Look at what he says. Amen. 
Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. saved. It's God's unmerited favor. God's given you something that cost his son. Amen. Cost his son his life. Right. Amen. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus, or Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved how? Simple, isn't it? Simple, isn't it? Amen. That not of yourselves. It's nothing you can work up. He gave you the faith. You received the faith and you received the grace and you get saved. Amen. That not of yourselves a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's exercise faith. He gave you the faith. Romans 10.8. He gave you the faith that is in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith that we preach. Amen. He gave it to you. The grace of God can be found. The grace of God, you have to have faith in it. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. This is something a lot of people don't understand or don't want to know what I'm about to show you. Amen. This is my argument with hyper soul winning. I'm not against being hyper about soul winning. But hyper soul winning leads to just get them to pray a prayer. Just get them to say these words. And if you say these magical words, you're in. I don't find that. They're jealous because... Church of Christ got magical words, and uh, Apostolic Church got magical words, and so now your hyper Baptists want to have magical words. Second Corinthians chapter number six. It's easy to believe, but easy believism is killing us. Amen. Chapter six, verse one. We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you that you receive not the grace of God. How? In vain. How does one do that? You do it with your head, not your heart. You accept and acknowledge a bunch of facts, but you don't place your trust in Him and what He did. Real simple. It's the head and not the heart. You say, well, what's the difference, preacher? Listen, you can say abracadabra doesn't mean nothing. You can say, Lord Jesus, come in my heart and not mean it. They could have looked at the brazen serpent when they were bitten and never get healed. You said, but they were looking at it. They weren't looking to it. When you look to it for help, that's when they got healed. Look and live. Look to the brazen serpent. Well, when you look to Jesus for salvation, realize you can't save yourself and you say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to hell unless you save me and I'm coming to you. Taking what you've done. If I go to hell, I'll go to hell trusting your shed blood. See, that's, that, that'll work. But that's a cry from the heart. Not just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Lord Jesus, please save me. Wash away my sins. I put faith in your blood. That didn't mean you put it in your heart. Just because you say words. Listen, a man can tell a woman he loves her and lie. And girls buy hook, line, sinkers. How do you know? <laughs> How many divorces we got out there? Guys will sell a line. They'll tell you whatever they want you to hear. Amen. All men are liars. You'll get that one of these days. Right. And just, listen, I knew some clown came forward. I had an opportunity to try to lead him to the Lord. He came down and made a profession of faith so he could get Catherine. So her daddy 
would think because he made a profession of faith that he could now date Catherine. And I called that little bird on the carpet. I said, you dirty rascal, you. The only reason you did that thing down at the altar and made a profession of faith is because you want that girl, don't you? It was the last we ever seen him. I'm telling you, men will, do, men will fake professions of faith just to date a girl. I'm telling you, it's wicked. You know what that is? That's in vain. You want to know how I know that's true? There's a young girl named Kelly that was in my church. Her daddy was my Sunday school teacher. And Brother Bobby Jennings was there. And, and Kelly came forward and made a profession of faith. She put on a good show. She bawled and squalled. Two years later, I go back and preach revival, and Kelly's life is a mess. So how do you know she didn't get saved? Her life was a mess. And she was in a sin and everything else, and we was having revival. And she came forward that night and hit the altar, got saved, blew snot all over the place. Stood up and said, Daddy, I want you to forgive me. Mama, I want you to forgive me. Two years ago, I made a profession of faith. I wanted you to think I got right with God and you'd let me go. And I was out there doing drugs and in sin and doing things I shouldn't be doing. Mom and Daddy, I'm sorry, but tonight I trusted Jesus Christ, my Savior. That young girl got something when she publicly testified before Mom and Daddy that she conned them. Making a profession of faith. People con people all the time. Trick, trying to think they're going to try to trick the preacher. Trick mom and daddy. You ain't tricking nobody. You can come down here and pray a prayer all you want with your head and your name will never be in the Lamb's book of life. But you come running down this aisle to receive Jesus Christ and trust him and his shed blood, what he did for you to keep you out of hell, and you're going to rest 100 time, 100% on what he did. I'm telling you, you can get your name written in that book. He said, Preacher, you're mixing it up. You'll know the difference. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 3. I know we already covered that. I know we're running out of time. Romans chapter 3. We're just talking about the grace of God. We're talking about the real thing. We're not talking about a fake. We're not talking about something that man makes up. You know why a lot of these cults are upset at us old time Baptists? Because they see a bunch of people trying to skirt the issues to increase numbers. They're trying to shortchange it, thinking that if they just pad, to pad their numbers a little bit, amen, and try to just make it a little bit easier for somebody to get in, that uh, we'll do a whole lot better and build a bigger church. And I'm telling you, you're creating twofold the child of hell. Romans chapter number 3, verse 24, being justified freely, how? How? By His grace. By his grace. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. It's a free gift. Grace is a free gift. Amen. Well, I tell you, I'm glad I got that free gift. Amen. Amen. That's what's so amazing about it, that God would save a wicked, wretched, vile, dirty dog like me. Amen. Save me. Now I begin to bathe me and wash me and cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind, and cleanse my life. He said, son, now you made a good profession. Now let's get your life in order with what you spoke that night, January 12, 1980. Amen. And he's been washing me and cleaning me and sanctifying me and separating me. Amen. He's been doing all kinds of things to me since I've been saved. Not in order to get saved. You understand? Yep. Amen. 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 John 8. I know it doesn't quite say it like this, but 
It's a good point anyways. Amen. John 8. John 8. John 8. He says, verse 24, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You know what you can do? You can forfeit grace. You understand? It can be forfeited. You say, what's that mean? It means it's been there. It's offered. But you can refuse it. You can forfeit eternal life. How? By simply not receiving Christ. Not acting upon it. Look what it says in John 3. John 3. Amen. There's a lot of people that think that they can trust their good works. The Bible said in verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Isn't that a blessing? But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This exercise faith in him. Trust him. Take him to be your Lord. Amen. Amen. It's not simply just inviting him into his heart. It's taking what he's offered and taking him. Right. See, God, I need you, and I take Jesus to be my Savior. I take him. I trust him. And what he did, I'm believing in him. If you refuse to do that, you forfeit it. Amen. Amen. John 1. John 1. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came on his own, and his own received him not. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. For the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is the only begotten. Of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness to him and cried, saying, This is of he, uh, he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we received grace for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is the founder of grace. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ. You want to get into heaven? You want a free pardon of sin? Hello? You got to come through Jesus Christ. But there's a ticket that a lot of people don't want to believe. There's a lot of preachers in, on YouTube trying to explain something away. You say what? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth who? Lord Jesus. Paul said thou shalt believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Well, if he's not Lord of all, I'm telling you, you accept him as Lord, he'll work out the, of all. Right. <laughs> he may not be Lord of all at the point, but it's a signification, amen, it's a statement you make towards God that, Lord, I cease to rule. I cannot rule. I am being conquered by one greater and mightier than I, and I yield myself to the Lord. And I surrender my heart, my soul, my life to thee. See, it's surrender. That doesn't mean you'll be sinless from that point on. It means you're laying down your will to take him. Isn't that simple? Yeah. It's an exercise of your will. God's got to break your will. 
One of the hardest things you'll ever do as a parent is break your child's will without breaking their spirit. Amen. God wants to break everybody's will. God is wanting men to come to Him and yield their will to Him. And when they yield themselves to Him and they admit defeat, <laughs> you think about it, they admit defeat and say, Lord, I'll allow you to conquer me. I'm yours. <laughs> I ain't ever heard it like that. Yeah. Get in your Bible. Amen. Amen. Then people forward the grace of God. They turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. They pervert it. They forward. Forward means perverse. They forward. Look in your Bible. They forward. They pervert the grace of God. Jude 3. I'm telling you. That's what man wants to do is pervert and corrupt everything that God's got. The devil puts them up to it. They're against God. They're, they will not yield their heart. They will not submit to God with their will. And therefore, they'll wind up spending eternity in hell. And because of that, they hate it. They hate God. They find a way trying to get around receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they invent and create religions to damn souls. The devil knows who those will submit or not submit. You understand? When a man will not yield to Jesus Christ and he can talk him out of coming and receiving Christ and he can talk him to leave an auditorium under conviction and put off and quench the Spirit of God and, and resist the Spirit of God and resist the Spirit of grace and when they, when they don't yield to that, you don't mean to tell me the devil doesn't pick up on that? He knows the war. He knows he's leading them out. No, no, no. Wait, put it off. Put it off. No, you're not that bad. No. And they leave. Then you know what happens. The devil incorporates them into their army to correct that book. And then they create religions. And then they use a lot of this book and twist it and corrupt it to damn men's souls to hell. The grace of God is a free gift. Jesus Christ is willing to offer it. And if you're lost on YouTube out there and you need to be born again, kneel down right where you're at. The best way you know how, and tell God you're a hell-deserving sinner. And you can't save yourself and you cease to rely on any works or anything you can do. And you take Jesus and His free pardon of sin. Listen, if you'll trust out, cry out to Him the best way you know how and receive Him. Listen, it's not the words that you say, it's the heart that you give. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you.